you, brother. Thank you very much. Well, good morning. So um, I, I want to do this uh, very quickly and very carefully. It's such an, like I just said, it's such an honor to be with you. Um, the good news is, is that um, I'm a guy that should be on Ritalin and is not. And the better news is, is that you only have to put up with me like once a year at the most. So that's the really good news. But I, I want to brag for just a second on your pastor. So uh, I'm a huge Pete and Jane Yushana's fan and a huge fan of your staff. As a matter of fact, uh, I'll just say this. Um, there is someone um, in this room who's either a staff member or somehow associated with a staff member that I have known since I was six months old. True story. They're in this service, although I haven't said hello to them yet today. So literally someone I have known my entire life is in this room. Um, and if you figure out who that is, I will give you a Starbucks gift card after church, okay? So you can just think about that. But let me go back to, uh, to Pete and Jane. So um, I do have the privilege of, of, of spending time with pastors. And sometimes I just coalesce some pastors together and we go and I take them on a trip. And so uh, I took uh, Pete and a group of folks on a trip and I've done it for about eight years now. And uh, every year we go uh, someplace. And a couple, a couple of weeks ago, we were together um, and just hanging out together. But let me tell you something about your pastor. And that is, is that last year when we were on that trip, someone, probably was him, but someone just asked, Chris, what do you miss about having a real job, actually being a pastor? And uh, I said, well, the thing I miss the most is baptizing people uh, by far. And there were, again, six, seven, eight, nine pastors there. Um, the only one who actually picked up on it and who took action on it was your pastor. And he said to me, Chris, um, next time you speak, we're gonna make sure that you're speaking on a weekend when we're baptizing people so that you can have the privilege of doing that. Now, yeah, and you're going, oh, and all that. But you know what? That just typifies the wonderful heart and spirit of your senior pastor, who I dearly love very much. Yeah, absolutely, dearly love. And, um, and I wanna go on and say, well, it's quite frankly not fair that you guys have so much talent on one staff. I say that to you each time and you keep getting better. So yeah, and you just keep hiring even better and better people. So way to go. And the last thing I want to say is that we've celebrated the hero um, of the week, but hey, I just got to tell you, if you serve in any capacity here in the nursery, if you serve as a greeter, if you serve at tech, if you serve on the worship team, if you serve whatever, can we just, um, yeah, can we just give it up for people who serve in some capacity, way, shape, or form around here at All Shorts? Just thank you for what you do. Okay, Awesome. Well, I've got a two-hour message that I'm going to cram into four hours, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, how, many of you, how many of you are fisher people? You like to fish. Raise your hand. Okay, raise your hand high. Be proud of it. Okay, there you go. Awesome. Well, here's the deal. I'm 53 years old. I've never caught a fish. Now, don't you dare come up to me afterwards and say, I'll take you fishing, because you would be number 14 I've counted, you would be number 14th person that has told me I'll take you out fishing and has promised that we'd catch a fish and I've never caught a fish. I am dead meat to anybody. If you want to catch a fish, don't take me with you, okay? Because fish repel from me. 
Now, I don't know if you've watched like Deadliest Catch on television or something, but I, I, obviously I know nothing about fishing because I've never done it well, right? Um, but this much I do know. According to Deadliest Catch and that kind of stuff, there's basically two things you don't want to have happen when you go fishing. Number one is you don't want anyone to die, okay? Number two, you, you don't want to come home without any fish. Like you went fishing for a reason. So let's catch fish. Well, in the New Testament of the Bible, this guy by the name of Luke writes the story in Luke chapter five of two guys by the name of Pete and Andy that go out fishing. And they fish all night. They were commercial fishermen. This is how they put food on the table, literally and figuratively. This is how they provided for their families is that they were commercial fishermen. And so they spent the whole night out fishing and they didn't catch a thing according to Luke. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm working third shift, and I'm working my tail off, and this is how I provide for my family, and I've spent the whole night fishing, and I haven't caught a thing, I'm not coming back in a great mood, right? Can you understand that, okay? Um, and so these guys come back after I'm not catching anything, and they still had to clean their nets so that when they went back out, that their nets were clean. And so they're sitting on the side of this lake, and they're cleaning their nets. Meanwhile, this guy that they had met but didn't really know by the name of Jesus came walking along. Now, in first century, there, there was no gaming, there was no Netflix, there was no Hulu, there was no HBO, there, there were no iPhones, there were no galaxies, there was nothing like, I mean, there was the galaxy, but not the galaxy, right? And so because of that, uh, there was no entertainment. There was nothing, everybody was bored all the time, okay? And so the only, what you would do is you would actually, if someone actually had a, a, the ability to speak, you would actually, you would get really excited. Like, oh, this person captures my attention. And, and so Jesus was this incredible speaker. And so he was speaking while he was walking. So all these people started following him. Okay. And it's kind of like Forrest Gump on steroids. Right. And so now everyone, and some of you don't have any idea who I just said. It's okay. I'm just showing my age, okay? So anyway, so he, he, he's, he's talking to all these people and he's walking by this lake and so many people are gathering around that he's, he's being pushed into the lake. And so he looks at Pete and Andy and he says, hey guys, can I borrow your boat? Not because he's wanting to escape, but because he knows if he gets out about 20 yards, he can speak to everybody that's there. So Pete and Andy, again, they're pretty tired, but they don't want to be rude. So they say, okay, Jesus, you can borrow the boat. So they put the nets back in the boat. They get in the boat and they row out about 20 yards or so. And, and Jesus continues to teach. And finally, when he's done teaching, he prays and he ends it in my name, amen. <laughs> Some of you will catch that at three o'clock this afternoon. You'll get it. It's okay. You can be slow. It's not a problem. And then, and then he turns to Pete and Andy and he says, guys, let's go fishing. Now, I have no idea at that point what Pete is thinking. But again, he's grumpy. He's been up for 20 hours at this point, right? And, and I just got to be thinking, he, he's got to be thinking, Jesus, you might be a great teacher. You might draw a crowd and that's all fine and good. You, you might know a lot about speaking, but Jesus, do me a favor, will you? Just stay in your lane. <laughs> you, you don't know anything about fishing, Jesus, because if you knew anything about fishing, you would know that fish don't bite in the middle of the day like this. That they bite at night. We were out last night. We didn't catch a thing. But because you want us to, again, don't want to be rude, fine, we'll go out. But Jesus, when we don't catch anything, don't mind if I tell you, I told you so. Well, they go out, drop their nets, and all of a sudden, 
every fish in the lake started screaming for their net. And all of a sudden their nets are full and, and, and their boats begin to, I mean, they're pulling all the fish in and their boat is so full now, they've got these business partners by the name of Jim and John. True story, you can look in, 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 in Luke 5. Jim, John, get over here, now! So they start rowing out and they fill both boats with fish. True story. Well, you would think that would thrill Pete and it does in a sense. But Pete recognizes that what just happened had to be supernatural. And he recognizes that Jesus must be the supernatural person and now he feels embarrassed. I don't know if you've ever been around someone that just caused you to feel like, like I'm not sure I'm worthy to be around them. It's kind of the way I feel every time I come home with my wife, it is. Because I'm married way over my head, right? And I really, I, that whole imposter syndrome, I don't want my wife to ever figure out who she really married because, you know, it's a real bummer for her. But I married way over my head. So P has this sense in which, oh my goodness, Jesus. And, he, and according to Luke, he literally says, Jesus, please go away from me because I, I'm too self-conscious. I, I, I'm not spiritual. At two o'clock in the morning, when my bro Andy makes some stupid thing. I'm cussing him out because I'm a sailor and that's what we're known for. And when we come back to the seashore and there are girls there, you know, like laying out in the sun, like I look way too long than I should look. Jesus, I just don't feel right being around you. And Jesus looks right down at Pete and he says this to him. Simon, which is his other name, don't be afraid. Now we'll look at the other part of the verse in just a moment. But the first thing he says to Pete is, don't be afraid. Hey, Pete, I know who you are. I know everything about you. I know what you've said. I know what you've done. And can I tell you something, Pete? I am wildly in love with you. Bless you. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing that you've ever done. There's nothing that you could ever do that would take you outside of my love for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have the privilege of knowing you. I don't have the privilege of knowing your story. I don't know what you did last night. I don't know what you did last week or last month, but this much I can tell you. The God of the universe loved you enough to create you in his image and sent his son to die for you so that you could experience his amazing love and his love for you is off the charts. So please, as you sit here this morning, maybe the first thing you need to hear is how wildly in love the God of the universe is with you. He calls you by name and he says, don't be afraid. But then he goes on and he says, from now on, you're gonna fish for people. So what did Pete and Andy do? They pulled up their boats on shore, left everything and followed him. What is Jesus saying there? Jesus is saying, hey, Pete, guess what? I've got a mission for you. You've got a destiny to fulfill. Would you do me a favor? Turn to your neighbor right now and just say, God's got a mission for you. Go ahead, go ahead. Turn to, turn to your neighbor and say it. God's got a mission for you. Yep. See, God loves you amazing. And if you've come into a relationship with him, then he's got a mission for you to fulfill. Now, 
Our mission, our mission is to be aligned with his mission. And here's the deal. If we could, pa- if we could catch up with Pete like 10 or 15 years after this occurrence and say, hey, Pete, was it worth it? Was it worth it to follow the person of Jesus? Was it worth it to leave your nest? Was it worth it to leave the things that you left behind so that you could follow Jesus? You know what Pete would say? Oh my goodness, I'm glad I gave myself to that. It was the best decision I ever made was to get on board with what Jesus had for me. It was the best decision I ever made. He would say, absolutely. I'm so glad I made that decision because here's the thing. When we fully get on board with Jesus's mission, when we, ha- when we see that, then we're focused. When we fully understand and see ourselves as being on the mission that God has for us, then we become focused individuals and we don't let ourselves get distracted by non-critical things. And it's so easy in our iPhone galaxy world to be, to be distracted, right? I mean, we all know that our attention span is about two and a half seconds. Oh, look, a bird, okay? I mean, it's just true. And you have friends and maybe the person that you see in the mirror is continually being distracted by life and forgetting that we're on this mission that God has given us. And that's why this guy by the name of Paul writes his friend Timothy and says, hey, Tim, remember, and this is so interesting that we're celebrating Veterans Day and we just got done praying for vets. No soldier in active service gets entangled in the ordinary business affairs of civilian life. He or she avoids them so that they may please the one who enlisted them to serve. What is Paul saying there? He's saying, hey, don't forget the ultimate mission you're on. Don't forget that. Now, there are different parts that you'll all play that we all play. I don't know if you're a Michigan fan or Michigan State fan or Alliance fan or whoever you are, whatever fan that you might be a, you know, a fan of, whatever team you might be a fan of. But this much I can tell you, on a football team, there are, there are a lot of different positions, right? There, there, there's a position of, of, a, of someone like a, a fullback and a running back and a wide receiver and quarterback. We all know the position, but interestingly enough, they all have the same goal. And that goal is that they win. We may have different positions on the team, but we have the same mission. And Jesus made that mission really clear to us in Luke 19, 10, when he said, the son, matter of fact, would you do me a favor? Would you read this out loud and together with me? Okay, so if we make a mistake, make a loud mistake. Okay, here we go. The son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. That was Jesus's one sentence mission statement and he assumed it would be ours. That was his mission and he assumed that it would be ours. So our mission is to follow Jesus in helping people come into a relationship with him. And I gotta tell you, never in the history of America has your mission been more important than it is today. Never in the history of America. Why do I say that? Because interestingly enough, according to the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, life expectancy in the United States is actually going down. Did you know that? Now it's so interesting because we have access to healthcare. By the way, that stat, you can go on their website if you want. You can see that I'm not lying. That stat's about six months old. You know why that is? They give three reasons on their website, three. Number one, because the opiate epidemic that we're in the midst of. Number two, because of liver disease caused by alcohol. Number three, because of suicide. We are literally killing ourselves today. 
You have friends around you, you have coworkers, you have neighbors, you have people at school around you who inside are dying literally and are considering taking their own life because of the fact that they see no hope. A good friend of mine by the name of Tim, his name is Tim Elmore, he, he's got this great statement. He said, it used to be that our phones were tethered and we were free. Now our phones are free and we're in bondage. Because we're comparing ourselves in this Instagram world, we're comparing ourselves with everybody else's highlight reel. And your friends and your family and your coworkers and the people around you are in desperate need of knowing, is there hope somewhere? And you've got it and you can share it with them and you don't have to be weird to do it. Can I give you an example? Okay, so um, I am old enough to drink coffee, but not mature enough to drink coffee. Okay, that's the way it goes. So I drink hot chocolate, right? So, you know, you go to the gas station and you go up there and the little powder falls in and the water falls in and you get your hot chocolate, right? And it tastes like crap, okay? That's just the way it is, okay? But then about five, six years ago, my wife says, hey, have you ever tried hot chocolate at Starbucks? Woo! Mocha from Starbucks is a direct gift of God to mankind. Okay, so, so I, I, I've been going to Starbucks for years. So now, uh, now I go to Starbucks all the time and I, and I know 85% of the baristas by name at the three Starbucks that are within a three and a half mile radius of my house. I know them by name. And so I'll go in there. <laughs> this literally happened to me. I was speaking in Sturgis, Michigan last Sunday and a woman was there and she heard me speak and then she was up where I live, which is in Byron Center. And the only thing that Byron Center is known for these days, Michigan, is we have the Tanger Outlet Mall there. And she literally was in this, and she watched this happen. She came up to me, she said, I heard you speak and it just happened. I just watched it happen. So here, what happens, I, I walk into Starbucks, they, they know my name, but, and, and I know that. So can I tell you, I, I know them all by name and, and they know what I stand for, but here's the deal. So there's one guy by the name of Rizzo. Now, Rizzo's just one of many, many, many examples I can give you. Rizzo is turning 24 today. True story. She's turning 24 today. She has same-sex attraction, and uh, she knows the person of Jesus, but is not presently walking in a relationship with him. I'm thinking at 4.30 this afternoon, I'm going to be throwing a birthday party for Rizzo, though she doesn't know it yet. I can't tell you how many times I have prayed with Rizzo. I've prayed with her many, many I've also prayed with a lot of her coworkers and it's, I know. She, see, what happens is, is that I'll walk in and I'll be ordering my hot chocolate, extra hot, light whip, no foam with skim milk. And, uh, and, and she'll be taking, and she'll be punching it because she knows she, she's got it by heart by now. It's not a problem. And so she's putting it in. Rizzo, how's your day going? Actually, not too well today, really. Lord Jesus, uh, I just pray that Rizzo would have a sense of how deeply you love her, that she's, um, she's made in your image, that you created her before the foundation of the earth, you knew it, and your love for her is immense. And I pray that you would help her to sense your love for her this day in Jesus' name, amen. And I'll pray that out loud. And I've done that dozens and dozens of times. Now, Rizzo already thinks I'm a whack job. <laughs> but not for that reason. Because when I pray for her like that, she actually gets a tear in her eye. And she recognizes that my love for her is genuine and it's not whacked.
Who is it in your life? Is it, do you know what you have here? Right down the street, right here. You have another thing that was brought down from heaven called Wesco. <laughs> like they're cubed ice? Oh, with Coke Zero? Oh. Hmm. Who is it at school? Who is it at work? Who is it in your neighborhood? Who is it that you see on a regular basis that Jesus is begging you to reach out to? And he's put you on mission so that you will. See, this morning, in just a few moments, we're gonna have the awesome opportunity to celebrate baptisms. And by the way, when people come up out of the water, would you please just scream for them louder than you've ever screamed for state or for Michigan or for the, well, you've never screamed for the Lions. So um, (laughs) forget that. But scream for them like you've screamed, whatever, because this is the most important decision they've ever made in their life to open up their heart to relationship with Jesus Christ. And what this is, is just a celebration of that event. Amen? Amen. Okay, I've gone way over time. Um, I got to tell you one last little thing. In Luke chapter five, after this event, there's a story about some guys that have a friend who's paralyzed. And he probably got paralyzed at work. Luke doesn't tell us that, but you kind of can infer that. So probably got paralyzed at work. And so their friends just want to get this person to Jesus. And so, because they, they heard that Jesus could heal people. So they, they, they lower down their friend to Jesus. And sure enough, he heals them. He went from being paralyzed to being able to fully walk and he walks out of the place and everybody celebrates. Woo, this is awesome. That guy had an incredible sense of joy that day. But do you know who else did? The guys who lowered him down in front of Jesus, the guys who made sure he got to Jesus. Can I tell you something? I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, a family member. As a matter of fact, I want to encourage you. In your behind your communication card in front of you, and in the kiosk outside are these cards that kind of have this acrostic Frank on it. And they talk, and so I would just encourage you to grab one now. It's just friends, relatives, acquaintances, neighbors, and coworkers. And I just encourage you to write a person's name down there. And names, multiple names. And I want you to imagine something, that you invite them to Christmas Eve service, the six different services that you'll have. Imagine that you invite them to that, or maybe they're not gonna be around for Christmas, and so you invite them before that or whatever. And then I want you to imagine that a few months from now, that they've opened up their heart to a relationship with Jesus Christ and they're getting baptized. And imagine the joy that will fill your heart to say, I got to have a small little piece of that joy. That's the mission that we're on, ladies and gentlemen. It's a mission that Jesus has given us to help other people recognize the amazing love of Jesus for them. And you can be part of that. And there's nothing in the world like it. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the incredible people in this room. Thank you for your amazing love for them. God, I pray right now, if there's someone in this room and they've never come into a relationship with you, I pray right now in this moment that they would have a sense of your deep love for them regardless of what they've done, 
regardless of anything they've been involved with, that you still love them, that your heart is huge for them. And I pray that right now in this moment, that they would say, Jesus, would you come into my life? Forgive me of my sin and help me to begin to walk in a relationship with you that's transforming. Jesus, for other people who maybe made that decision six months ago or a year ago or a decade ago or six decades ago or whatever, I pray for them that they be reminded again this morning, for all of us, that we'd be reminded that we're on a mission that you've given us and it's so easy to get distracted by mortgages and electricity bills and cars that break down and relationships that go sideways. It's so easy to get distracted from the mission that you've given us. So remind us again of the people that you've placed in our sphere of influence, our coworkers, our friends, our family members, whoever, schoolmates. Would you help us, God, to be men and women who live on mission, looking for opportunities to spread the joy that you bring and the life that you give. In Jesus' name, and everybody said.